Oh, what's going on, Rip City? This is the Scorching Trails podcast with Stephen Vaughn and Tori Jones. Uh, Tori, I think the Blazers are officially cursed. I don't know that for a fact, but I feel like they're really cursed uh, with all these injuries and everything going on. What's going on, man? How you doing? Did you see my video title from earlier today? I did, but okay. I was I didn't say that because of that. I've been saying that all the time on 750 the game the last mm-hmm. two days. So mm-hmm. we're, we're yeah. on the same wavelength here. Yeah, I know we I know we are, I know we argue a lot in here, but I feel like we're on the exact same page on this. I mean, it's basically inarguable at this point. So for anybody <laughs> listening true. that didn't see the video I dropped, I dropped a video and the title was literally "The Portland Trailblazers Are Cursed." Cursed in all caps, three exclamation points, because it's very, very bad right now. It's, uh, you know, you got Brogdon hurt, you got Scoot hurt, you got Ant hurt, you got Robert Williams the third out for the season. But maybe, maybe we found his uh, replacement. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Who could that be? We'll see. We'll see. Looking forward to that. But no, nah, man, been good. It was a, kind of a chill day for me today, so I kind of just relaxed, and now I get to talk basketball with you. That is quite the tease, I tell you what. Yeah. Who could it be? Um, all right, let's talk about, you know, I want to talk about Scoot first, actually. Yeah. You know, we were going to talk about Williams. I'll talk about Scoot first. Uh, Shams. Is it Shams or Shams? It's Shams, right? Shams Sharania? I, I think. thought it was Shams. Shams Sharania. I think it's Shams. Shams Sharania? No, it's, it's Shams Sharania. Is it? I don't know. I no. used to say Woj, like Woj, for like the first two years I did YouTube. So don't <laughs> feel bad. Uh, Shams. I'm gonna still go Shams. Uh, Shams, Sharania. He uh, he came out with a little little like 20 second video saying Scoot gonna be out for probably about two weeks or so uh, with that ankle injury. I will say this: I was shocked when I heard that because I had heard through the grapevine that the game that Scoot hurt his ankle, he was seen after the game walking on it perfectly fine. <laughs> and like no cast, no crutches, no nothing. Like it didn't look like it was that big of a deal. So when I heard that he was out for two weeks, it was a little shocking. Like I thought he'd be back soon, but uh, you know, I have no reason not to believe that he's hurt. So it's way too early to be tanking. So there's no reason to uh, fake any injuries. So scoot with the bone bruise, man, it's just, um, it just sucks because you know, Brogdon gets hurt and has been hurt. And now scoots hurt is like all that guard depth that the Blazers had is just, you know, it's gone for now, but, um, you know, Scoot, he's struggled so far this year, Tori, but he's had some had some moments, but you just love to see him get more PT. Like, it's kind of like with Shane Sharp last year. You just wanted to get him reps. So with Scoot, you just wanted to see him get some reps, and now uh, he's out for two more weeks, man. It just sucks. Yeah, it's brutal. Because um, that's the one exciting thing. If we're going to be losing games, is just seeing if he can progress, if he can develop. Um, that's kind of the main storyline for the rest of the year, in my opinion. And that was the main storyline going into this year. I said, like, developing Scoot, developing Sharp, developing Ant a little bit more is going to be the most important thing out of this season. And it's hard to develop guys when they're not freaking playing. So you got two of those three guys out. Luckily, we've seen Sharp develop. You know, we've seen Sharp have some big moments. But it's also getting frustrating because he's not shooting enough. Like, I feel like he needs to be shooting more. He's not getting enough shots. Uh, but as far as Scoot goes, man, um, just just very frustrating to for, for him to deal with this, I'm sure. Uh, especially because he was starting to play well. He was starting to find a little bit of a groove, starting to show some of the flashes we were expecting going into the season. 
So, you know, hopefully he can come back and hit the ground running and kind of pick up where he left off because I felt like he was going to start playing some solid basketball right before he got hurt. And uh, it was just weird because you saw him warming up recently before a recent game and he looked fine. So it's a bone bruise. Like, I've never dealt with one of those. Actually, maybe I'm dealing with one of those right now and I don't know because the ankle I sprained two months ago still is not 100%. So, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe that is, but I couldn't walk. You know, I couldn't walk for like a week without a boot and with without crutches for the first couple of days. So, you know, he was walking after and I he greeted the team outside of the locker room in the game where he sprained that ankle. Just very strange, man. It's like every injury situation for the Portland Trailblazers has to have some element of strangeness to it, right? Because you had the GP two-week saga. You got this scoot thing, which is kind of weird. Um, it's just... If, if something can go wrong with a rehabilitation process, it seems to go wrong with this team. And it's like, I don't want to sit here necessarily blaming anyone because I don't really know how that all works like I'm not in the medical field right I, I freaking talk about basketball on a podcast with you I don't I'm not a doctor but at some point you have to look at just the repeated bad luck for this team and and wonder why like is it truly just we're cursed like what did we do to deserve this because at this point man it's just another season we're early on in the season it feels like it's going down the drain um, despite expectations not being high, we still haven't seen this team at full strength hardly at all outside of game one. So we still don't even know what this team was going to be because we didn't even get that opportunity. So very frustrating. Yeah, no doubt, man. And uh, like it's like you said, you know, you saw him warming up. He looked okay, and it's like I had heard like it didn't seem like it was too serious. So the the two week thing was a little shocking to me, but. Um, you know, obviously, I I believe it. So uh, it's just yeah, it's unfortunate. You wanted to see Scoot out there, uh, just like you want to see all those guys out there. But now, now that Scoot's out, I do want to talk about Shane Sharp because you talk about him, you know, getting more shots. That Sacramento game, um, there were some things that a twenty-year-old like Shane Sharp, he showed that I was like, ah, man, I wanted to see a little more out of him. And it was a couple times where he stuff didn't go his way. And it affected the next play. And you saw that, especially late in the fourth quarter. And then he had a chance where uh, he had a chance to make it, take an open shot. He did not take it. He passed it up. And then it just it didn't work out. And, and it's just, you know, it's one of those things. It's like those are the learning experiences you're going to have with Jaden Sharp. And you love it. You love how good he is. And you love all the stuff he does. But uh, there's just a couple of plays, man, where it's like you could tell in his eyes. And he was so frustrated with how things were going that it affected him on that next play. So it's one, it's just one of those growing pains with Shane Sharp. But, man, I think he right now he's uh, proving to be the go-to guy in the team as long as Skylar Mays doesn't go off like he always does. But uh, Shane, man, he's uh, – I mean, it's going to be tough. When Ant comes back, when Scoots come back, when Brogdon comes back, like, I mean, they were already log-jammed there. Luckily, they were log-jammed. Now they even have Skylar Mays they can play. But, like – they have so many guards and so little minutes, man. I'm I'm really interested to see what Chauncey does with that rotation and uh, Shane Sharp. Oh, what did you did you notice that at all? Like against Sacramento, how it wasn't that he was pouting, but it was just kind of like he got down on himself, and then it affects him in the next couple of plays. And then he got the foul. Then he fouled out, and it was just like you could tell he was done. Like he was over with the game. 
I've noticed stretches like that that are like at the beginning of games, so I don't even know necessarily if it's him getting doubt on himself, more so just like he has a tendency to have stretches where he seems to not be 100% mentally checked in. And we saw a lot of stretches like that last year, especially on the defensive end, where he just falls asleep off ball offensively, not cut, like just kind of float around the three-point line, not really look for the ball. And luckily he's cut down on those, but he hasn't completely eliminated those stretches from his game. Um, there's been a couple of games where he's had a good stat line at the end of the game, so nobody remembers it. But, like, in the first quarter, he's not aggressively looking for the ball. Like, defensively, would fall asleep. And it's like, oh, man, this is one of those stretches. And then second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, uh, tears it up. And everybody's talking about how great of a game he had. So it's basically at the point where it's like, man, if he could just kind of be able to remain engaged engaged in the game remain aggressive throughout the game um how good could he really be because I think that's the main thing holding him back is just he has this tendency for whatever reason to mentally check out a games a little bit for a stretch um so seen it at the end of game seen it at the start of games don't know why uh it's probably just a 20 year old thing like he's still very young so it's not something that I'm necessarily worried about it's just like man you definitely want to see those continue to improve because they have but it's definitely still there yeah, no doubt. Um, a couple takeaways from the Kings game. Also, I want to talk about real quick with you. Um, I loved the defense at the end of the game when uh, Tumani Kamara, they switched to basically have him go one-on-one um, and guard, guard the ball. I, I loved that. And uh, that's when Shane Sharp got that sixth foul, right, on the blocking foul. Uh, Tumani played great defense, but like, you know, the, the way that the defense was set up, it was for Tumani to guard the ball. And it was uh, really impressive to see how he guarded Malik Monk on that play, did a great job. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, I was happy about that. Tumani's been really good. You just, you got to hope that his offense continues to grow because there's just, there's just times when, and you saw it in that Sacramento game, Tori, where you had Tumani Kamara on the floor, you had um, Skylar Mays on the floor, you had. Jeremy Grant, DeAndre Ayton, and who else am I missing? Matisse Thibel on the court. And it was just like, well, Thibel and Kamara can't really do much. And then even, you know, Skylar Mays, he had that run, but it's like they weren't respecting him. It was basically Ayton with his little floaters and mid-range jumpers, and then Jeremy Grant going one-on-one. And that was all. That was all the Blazers had. And it's just like, man, if if Tumani could develop some type of game where, you know, he can knock down a three or you know, draw, you know, get a pass, drive, and then finish at the hoop. He had a couple where he tried to go, and then he ended up just posting up and then going nowhere with it. It's just those are the type of things that you want to see Tumani Kamara get better at. And it's just obviously it's not there yet, and he's so young, but he's so good. But like it's just man, it was just uh, it was tough, man. I I wanted I wanted to see someone step up, but like that's where the Blazers are going to have problems, especially with Ant out, especially with even like Scoot out or Brogdon out. It's just the ancillary pieces right like the ancillary pieces that come playing off of Shaden Sharp playing off of Jeremy Grant it was just man I wanted Tumani I, I thought it, I thought it was going to happen Tori I thought it was going to be the Tumari Kamara breakout offensive performance like he's just going to hit like two threes in a row he's going to drive get a dunk or something it just it didn't happen man it was it was sad but Blazers played hard that game I thought against the Kings I thought they played pretty well yeah um it was nice that we saw some of it during summer league like we know that for at least a stretch he can knock down shots that was kind of the knock on him throughout college but he improved behind the three-point line got it up to 36 percent which was uh his best year his senior year from three um but it's not consistent like he struggled to shoot the three ball this season his form is fine though 
Uh, I have no issues with the way he shoots the ball. It looks like he shoots it the same way every time. So I do have hope that he can find some sort of consistency from the NBA three-point arc. Uh, and that's the thing for a lot of rookies, the game moves so fast, like they don't feel comfortable shooting threes because it's just everything's kind of a blur. So it's hard to kind of lock in and shoot the ball. So as he continues to get more reps, and luckily he's playing a ton of minutes right now, as he continues to get those reps, I think uh, he'll knock down more shots. He'll be a little bit more efficient. Uh, I do think some things need to be cleaned up with how he tries to finish around the rim where a lot of times he'll like lean back and shoot shots at weird angles where maybe he doesn't need to because he's freaking athletic and he's long so he has to learn how to just attack strong and maybe draw fouls off the dribble and I think he will at some point in his career and be a really good role player for it you know and and this is a great opportunity for him especially with some of the guys down to maybe grow a little bit into some of that offensive responsibility in lineups that don't have much shot creation out there and need somebody to do something because basically would would you know assuming Brogdon is going to miss games when Skylar Mays is out of the game you got Sharp basically as your point guard and who else you know and and when Sharp's out of the game you got Skylar Mays and Jeremy Grant probably like you you need somebody to step up offensively and and it's not going to be Jabari Walker I don't think it's not going to be Matisse Thibel it's an opportunity for Tamani to continue to get those reps, continue to let the game slow down for him, hopefully find some confidence and consistency from the three-point arc, and then he has he has the freedom to attack because our offense has been the worst offense in the league, and it's not going to get better losing the guys that we've lost. So at that point, you might as well be aggressive uh, because the, the alternative is not great offense anyway. So it's a great growing opportunity for him. Yeah, no doubt. And it's like, if he can knock down a couple threes, it's just going to open up so much for him because he's shown the ability to dribble and like mm-hmm. make a play. And so it's like, he just has to knock down like two in a row and get that respect. Like just right now, they just don't respect it. And they could just sag everybody in. And I mean, against the Kings, Jeremy Grant was just awesome. And it was just finishing everything. And it's just like, it was so open for it, but it just, just didn't work out. It was unfortunate. It was a fun game though. I will say I had, I had fun watching it. I have, uh, I've had a lot of fun watching this Blazer team. What about you? Yeah, it's it'd be more fun if they were healthy, uh, and it'd be more fun if the the offense has been frustrating me for the most part. It's fun to watch a team play as hard as they do. Like I haven't once on a post game show had to complain about effort, uh, which in the past the defense is, the defense has been good. Yeah, in the past it's been the defense is awful and the effort is inconsistent. So it's kind of nice not to have to complain as much about that sort of stuff. It's just a completely different problem this year. You know, it's new. It's a new set of issues and it's the lack of three-point shooting in, in some of the offense. But like the Kings game was fun despite the loss. Um, you know, there's frustrating moments in that game like there is in pretty much every game. You know, I thought the refs in overtime were pretty dang bad. Um, and it kind of screwed the Blazers. Like, there's a couple different plays where I was baffled as to how Sacramento didn't get called for a foul. But in general, just the 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 defense, the hustle is fun. I think they could be more fun if they would run more. For whatever reason, they haven't really run much this year, and they're a young, athletic team. Like this team should be running in transition, running, gutting, forcing some turnovers. I think don't they you think force- that's because they don't really have a point guard. I mean, maybe, but that's the thing is is teams that are good at running don't always have to get it to their point card because a lot of times on an outlet pass, that'll take time. Like, if you're a run-and-gun team, you just want to outlet it to the closest ball handler. I mean, Jeremy, Jeremy can dribble the ball up the floor and push the pace. Shoot, we saw him snatch a contested rebound and then push the pace and transition and throw a lob to Aiden. Now, that was like a rare play, 
but I would like to see him try to do that more, you know, at times there's going to be some bad moments, but like at least try and get out and run a little bit more, like that was a point of emphasis for Chauncey before the season, and it's just baffling me, like if you got Skylar Mays out there, Shaden Sharp, Jeremy Grant, like those three can bring the ball up the court, outlet it to one of them and go, you know, you bring um, even Tamani into the game and I want to see him handle the ball in the open court, like just try and get to the rim, he can move, and these are NBA players, like they can dribble in a straight line. So it could be a little bit due to the personnel at this point, but even when they had more guard play, they still weren't running. So I don't think it's necessarily just due to that. Um, I just think for whatever reason, I, I, I don't really have an answer for it. I They just don't do it. And I thought it maybe was it. a lot of times they've played a conservative defense this year, so you're not going to force many turnovers and you're going to be kind of dropped back under the rim more. Um, but they played more aggressively defensively in that Sacramento game. They forced Sacramento into 21 turnovers, and I believe they only had nine fast break points. So I don't know what the the answer is for that, but that's really what I want to see because that would make this team really fun if you're playing in transition and throwing lobs to Sharp, Aiton, Grant. Um, So hopefully we get to see more of that. Yeah, and the fact that the half-court offense has been brutal, like, you know, try to get get easy bucket or something. I just like watching them give effort on defense like you know they've been good defensively and they're moving around and you watch the rotations like they're getting out on people even even when there's some jump shots that are made um they are flying around against memphis in that second game that they lost they played really good defense i thought in the second half numerous times where they were flying around in the third quarter fourth quarter is a little different story they got some open shots but in the third quarter they were flying around they were getting contested on the on the memphis shooters and they were just making shots but it's like in the past, the Blazers weren't even rotating. Like, they weren't even getting out on guys. Yeah. So it was it's just a different thing to see. And then it's like you look at the half-court offense like you're talking about. It's You look at Brogdon. Like, his usage is crazy, and his efficiency is not good. And same with Jeremy Grant. His, his usage is off the charts. His efficiency, down on the bottom of the charts. Like, Shaden Sharp is the only one that's, like, above average in both, you know, usage and the efficiency part with it. But, like... They just don't have guys right now that can really create. And, you know, I know uh, I'm always hard on Ant, but he definitely would help in this situation. Uh, okay. Yeah. Do you talk, have a problem about- real quick? Do you have a problem yeah, yeah. with the structure of the offense right now? Because to me, it feels like everything's being ran the same way it was ran last year when they had Dave, but they don't got Dave anymore. So I'm kind of curious as to what your thoughts are just maybe some of the sets, some of the stagnation, like some of the some of the offensive structure right now. Yeah, like even in that Sacramento game, it turned out where it was just going to be, hey, Jeremy Grant, bail us out. Like yeah. it was, there was nothing, no type of movement, no nothing. And it worked for a stretch. Skylar Mays made some nice floaters in the paint. Like it was basically Skylar Mays, you're going to go pick and roll and you're going to score. And then it, once that didn't work, then it was, hey, Jeremy Grant, you're going to go ISO or you're going to go pick and roll. And he got a couple to eight and he got a couple inside, got a couple and ones. But, like, that's just not good offense because those guys aren't going to do it consistently. So, like, you would love to see, you know, Jeremy Grant, you know, how about set a back screen and get Jeremy Grant, you know, closer to the block and have him post up since he wants to shoot mid-range jumpers. Like, don't just make it so it's an isolation on the outside and he has to dribble, go between his legs and fall on the ground and lose the ball. Like, just get him closer to the hoop and, you know, it's just set an off-ball screen. Set a screen. Like, we're working that with with my oldest child like yeah. he's uh he's on his competitive team and he you know he doesn't really understand yet like how to like set screens You're like watch this play and we were watching the uh what NBA game were we watching I forget what we were watching but mm-hmm. it was just like pick and roll 
off ball screen, wide open shot, make it. And it happened like five in a row. And it's like, yeah. why don't the Blazers do that? The Blazers never do this. I was watching, you know, the Indiana game. The Pacers' offense is great. Like they are just mm-hmm. spread out, setting screens. And yeah, I mean, I, so I'm not a fan of the Chauncey Billups offense. You know, I don't know how you could be. Uh, it, it does seem like he. It it seems like it's. Because, you know, back when he played, that's what it kind of was. It was just like, hey, isolate, iso, iso, iso ball. And I feel like that's what he wants to do with this team. And just they don't have the dudes and it's not the most efficient offense anyways. I think that's why a lot of coaches that played in that era that Chauncey did have struggled because the game has changed so much, but maybe they weren't around for it. And what they know is something completely different than what works now. Because we've seen a lot of guys just be awful head coaches, you know, like Steve Nash, um, Derek Fisher, Fisher. Chauncey Billups, guys that are smart basketball minds. Even Jason Kidd failed for a second, and then he kind of adjusted a little bit. He needed years to figure it out. Needed years. He was awful when he started. And now he has Luka Doncic and Kyrie, which makes it a little easier, too. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. But, yeah, and those are all, like, smart NBA point guard types that seem like they'd be great as coaches. So I think there's something to that, just given how much the game has changed and these guys haven't really kept up with the, the change of the game. But the thing is with Chauncey is, like, he says... He wants to move the ball. He says he wants to, uh, you know, play fast and attack the rim and this and that. Like, he says all the right things, but then we haven't seen it in action. And before the season, it was like, well, that's because, you know, everything's centered around Dame. And Dame wants to slow the ball up and run pick and roll and, like, wants the ball in his hands. And, you know, basically, it's like, this is the Dame offense, right? This isn't the Chauncey offense. It's Dame's offense. Well, Dame's gone, and in the media day, you know, their messaging was basically, essentially, I'm paraphrasing, but it was essentially Chauncey has his guys now, and they're going to be able to play the style of offense that they want to play. But we, it's looked exactly the same. So at this point, I'm just like, well, it's not Dame's offense anymore because Dame is gone. It still looks exactly the same as last year. Instead of Dame ISO or Dame pick and rolls, like at this point, now we get Skylar Mays pick and rolls um, and Jeremy Grant ISOs. So that's the that's the thing that's frustrating me. I'm kind of out on Chauncey for that reason. It's just I understand that they don't have like star level talent, but that's even more of a reason to play team ball because you don't have that guy like a Dame to just carry your offense and give him the ball to. So it's actually not an excuse for me. The guys they have like you can tell when a team's trying to move the ball and maybe failing to execute or like, you know, setting screens and, and, and just running, moving offensively. Like all these guys are NBA players. They can run. They can pass the ball and screen away. That's basic stuff at, at an elementary level. Uh, you learn that in elementary school, middle school, uh, the youngest levels of AAU. You learn that stuff. That's basic basketball, man. So all these players are capable of, of moving offensively, of running sets, of setting off ball screens and it's just like you watch any other team and it feels like we are a lot of times the most stagnant team in the league so i'm i'm i am i am a bit frustrated that's where it's like it has been fun to watch this team but watching the offense in the half court has just been brutal it'd be fine if they were missing shots but getting good shots because of the way they're moving the ball moving players but it's just kind of the same thing we've complained about for years and now it's even less of an excuse because we don't have dame to carry it yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, look, I'm still going to give Chauncey the benefit of the doubt. Um, 
you know, the first couple of years, Chauncey, it was hard to coach because they weren't trying to win. They are not even trying to win, I don't think, this year, but they're trying to develop. So I do, I'm with you. I want to see more. It is frustrating. The Blazers have, what, three or four days off between games. Like, they don't play till Sunday. The last played on Wednesday, mm-hmm. and they don't play Sunday. So, like, if stuff's going to change, like, we'll see what their, strat- what's, what their game plan is in L.A. Because, you know what, I don't know if Brogdon's playing, but Scoot's not playing, uh, Ant's not playing, Rob Williams' not playing. Like, he's had time. He has time. He knows who's playing. Like, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt in the Kings game. When Brogdon goes down, like, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to adjust on the fly. When Shane Sharp goes down and ball handler, all right, well, it's hard to adjust on the fly, especially with those guys they have. So, I'm with you. I want to see something in the uh, the LA game that hopefully says, "All right, well, you know, we put some game plan in and we took some uh, strategy and we're going to adjust because what the what they done has not worked." So, I'm with you 100 percent on that. Um, Robert Williams, he's out for the season. Yeah. First of all, does that make it? Uh, you think that's a better chance that Robert Williams is on the roster next season? Yes, absolutely. Is that a absolutely. positive? Is that a positive? You can't trust him to stay healthy. So how can it be a positive? Like that. This is this is when he plays. Yeah, but he's like I I, not a good player when he doesn't play. And more often than not, Stephen, he doesn't play. This is why I wanted to trade him before the season when they could have cashed in on value for him. And 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 people were like, why wouldn't you want Robert Williams? Like this is the type of center we need. And it's like if he was healthy, he'd be the best backup center in the league. Like when he plays, I think you make the case of the best backup center in the league because he's phenomenal. But the problem I have with him is a lot of his good defense is based on his athleticism. Knee injuries stack up in that regard and zap that. And also. His track record of health is not good. And knowing us and how often we get screwed because we're cursed regarding player injuries, like I just wanted to move like move him for draft picks, especially when we're not going to win anything this year, so that in the future we can have that draft capital and we can build a winner three years from now when we might actually be you know, a playoff team or if we're really lucky contending, right? So that's why I wanted to trade him before the season. I got some backlash for it. And it's just like, this is what I was worried of. You know, I was hopeful he'd be able to stay healthy, but it's just at some point, and this is a, this is something I say with a number of different things. Like at some point you just have to trust the status quo until it changes. And the status quo with him was that he's going to deal with knee injuries. He's going to get hurt. If he had a healthy season this year and the status quo changed, Great, but you can't put your trust in that. And then he gets hurt on a play where it wasn't even like that, didn't even look like that bad of a play. And it's his other knee. It's not even the bad knee that he dealt with in Boston. It's his other knee on a play that didn't even look that bad, and he's out for the season. Like, it sucks. You know, I feel terrible for him. Um, it's brutal. Like, injuries have absolutely zapped his career. And it's just like, now Now the Blazers, I mean, they're not going to be able to trade him at the deadline for anything of value. So, yeah, he's back on the team next year. And we'll see if he can stay healthy next year. Uh, yeah, and I'll prob- and I'll answer that question with he probably will not stay healthy next season. Uh, but I, I'm opposite of you. Like, I'm fine with it because I, lo- you know, I love him. As- I love his game. I love when he plays. So I'm okay with Robert Williams being on the roster. Like, you know, it sucks that he's hurt uh, and it sucks that that's the way he's going to stay on the roster probably is because he's hurt. But like, you know, as a Blazer fan, like that's going to make the Blazers roster better next season when they go into training camp. Like if you continue to have DeAndre Ayton and Robert Williams as your centers, it's a good, it's a good center combo. Yeah. I just, 
Here's why I disagree. Like, I think if you could have gotten two first round picks back for him, maybe they could have only gotten, gotten one gotten, good you couldn't one. Have gotten two, you couldn't have gotten two first for him. Depending on the Te- quality of the know, first. Teams know the help. Depending on the, the quality of the first. You could have gotten back more than you were going to be able to get back for him. And if he's barely playing for this team while they're not even, like, contending or making noise in the playoffs, then why does it, why does it, what is he serving? What purpose is he serving on this roster if he's hurt? For the rest of this year, only played seven games, and then you can't trust him to be healthy next year, and he's not even the starter, he's a backup to a dude you're paying a max contract for, and the alternative is you could have gotten draft pick value where maybe you could have combined it all in the future for a really, really good forward that could have fit next to Aiton and fit next to Scoot and fit next to Sharp, um... I just that that path made so much more sense to me than just like rolling the dice with a backup right now who's very injury prone. I just I didn't no, get I, the calculation, you know. I agree with you. I think that I think you are making it sound a little too easy to be like, oh, they could just trade Robert Williams for all this draft capital and a good forward or a good forward and you know some draft. Like I think it's hard to get that guy. Like you talk about a really good forward that fits next to DeAndre, and everybody needs that guy. Every team needs that player. Like it's not it's not like they're out there all the all the time. You have to really get those guys, and they're not going to trade them for an often injured backup center. Like I just I don't know. That, I think you're making that's why that. you need that's why you need a bunch of draft capital in the future so that you can be in play. Right. So, but, but he but he's already an often injured center. So like you're not going to get two first round picks for him. So you I mean what's the capital? I think there's get, a like, chance a they first round pick. I, I think they definitely could have gotten. Of course, the first. there's a chance they could have. I do you okay? What percentage? You, a five percent chance? You I, really think they were going to get two first? For here's them? the thing: teams teams that are winning, I think, would have taken the chance, right? Especially if they have a lot of first round picks. The team that I loved for him was OKC because I thought him next to Chet is a match made in heaven on both ends of the floor, like just absolutely perfect fit with those two guys Um, because Chet can play on the perimeter can space the floor Robert Williams can play on the interior both of them can guard the four or the five switch block shots like and OKC has a bunch of first round picks you know you're probably not getting two good first round picks but you're probably able to get two first round picks at least as good as maybe the Golden State first that the that the Blazers got in that Celtics trade and it's like okay if Robert Williams isn't really worth all that much then was the Drew Holiday trade as great as everybody said it was I don't know remains to be seen I don't know I just I find it it would be hard to get two first round but I might be wrong um I mean I'm just speculating so I don't know but He's a he's a really good defensive big. It's so easy to just be like, oh, they could get this and this and this and this for him. Like it's just easy to say that because it make your argument sound good. Like I just I'm pushing back a little bit on Tori. J- just like just like the uh, can't you know it doesn't make players better argument. No, I feel you on that. Um, yeah, I mean it is easy to say. There was rumors that there was teams interested in him, so I'm kind of trying to go based off that. There's def there was definite interest in him. I think I saw OKC is one of the teams interested with him. So. Is two bad first better than one good first? You know, because everybody uses it like one first or two but first think, or three first. But you guys use this argument against me for Danny Ainge. Like, when does when does why would Sam Presti be like, yeah, I'm going to give you two first round picks for an injured center, like an often injured center? Like, he's not going to do that because they got twenty. They got yeah, because he cherishes draft picks. He's not going to he's not going to spend it for Robert Williams. Yeah, in a but they've been rebuilding. They're good now. They're I, a I playoff understand. team now, so it changes. That. But they're not going to do it for Robert Williams. Like, Robert Williams isn't the guy to do it for. 
I think I think if you're just looking at on court fit and what they need, I think Robert Williams was absolutely perfect for him. So that's where my speculation that. comes in. Um, I would have loved to see I him next to Chet. That. Yeah. So well, you who just knows? love anybody next to Chet. Well, who's the ideal? Who's the ideal big man fit next to Chet? Like, what's the ideal skill set in the bit in a big man next to Chet? Well, I mean, you need a guy that could like bang around a little bit right and be mm-hmm. like the the bruiser mm-hmm. but you also don't want a guy that's just like clog up everything because chet's such a good you know off ball defender like a rim protector so you don't want like some guy clogging everybody up in there i don't know I mean, rob williams is up there i would like a big that can feed chet a little bit and robert williams is an early passer i would like a, a big that like chet if he drives and the big man helps up he can throw a lob to robert williams a good lob target like yeah i mean when when I speculate on like what teams could get, I try and think about it from the other team's point of view. Because here's the problem with fans when they come up with trades. It's always like, what looks good for the Portland Trailblazers? Like, what would be fun? What would be good for the Blazers? You always got to approach trying to think about trades from the other team's point of view first. And then try and come to something that you like for them that you'd also be okay with as a Blazer fan. Because it's easy to sit here and say, yeah, Blazers just trade Robert Williams for for two, three first, right? Like, I, I guess I was doing, but but I try and think about it from, okay, what team would want Robert Williams? OKC, they got a bunch of firsts. He'd be a perfect fit. Like, they can take that gamble, take that risk. If it doesn't pay off, they still got a million first. So that's basically just kind of like the logical process there. Um, so, so who knows? Who knows? But definitely would have liked to see what they got, could have gotten back for him, considering he's now out for the year. Did you hear that, everybody? I'm the one that everyone said was mean because of my tweet about Scoot Henderson and Anthony Simons. You're the one that called out the entire fan base. That's what you did. You nope. called out. You I said, called this out. Is what, I you called said, this out. Is what fans do. This I what, called no, no, out. No, 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 you said. I called fans out. Fans do this when they do trades. few fans said, that post terrible that. trade I'm machines gonna, that piss I'm off take whole you what fan bases. You're yeah. walking it back. You're doing the Homer Simpson. You're walk twisting back. my words. You're twisting my That's words. That's what everyone did to me too. I'm just I'm messing with you, Tori. That's pretty funny though. Um, <laughs> Do you want to go into? Call, you, I was gonna I was gonna out, play fans. it easy. He I was gonna take out. it easy on you and not go in on your tweet. Oh, but, I don't even care. I again, I stand by my tweet. It was just uh, people didn't. Do you like want to read your tweet? Uh, yeah, I can pull it up here. Yeah, let's let's hear the tweet. It's because people don't know me. People don't get it. People don't get me. I know you, and I didn't get it. <laughs> oh man! Like it was so. maybe it was maybe my least favorite tweet you've ever made. Not gonna lie. Yeah. Not oh, I said lie. the best thing that happened to the Blazers was to have Scoot and Nick get hurt. That way, they start the best backcourt possible. Yeah. Okay, so think about it this way. The best thing to happen to the Blazers is winning basketball games, right? Like that would be the best thing for the Blazers to win basketball games. That backcourt was that backcourt lost you're watching, to a winless you're watching team. The Blazers, and it's like, oh hey, the Blazers, yeah, we're winning, and this is fun. That's what I'm talking about. I want the Blazers to win. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm more of a fan now than I, I think I have been. In a, years. like I, a, how does, how does Scoot and Ant getting hurt help the team win? Because Brogdon and Shane Sharp have to play like 40 minutes, and they're the best backcourt. Brogdon better than Scoot. Sharp better the than The best backcourt that, involves having all of them healthy, number one. Number two, the, the best tw- backcourt <laughs> is Ant and Sharp. Okay, but that's not the question. The question Three. was point, point guard. Who's better, Scoot or Malcolm Brogdon? The answer is Malcolm Brogdon. My whole tweet was saying Shane and Sharp better than Anthony Simons. Don't at me. 
See, if you just said, if you said, if you had a tweet that said change Charles Barry and Anthony Simons, then people would argue with it, but it makes sense. It was the it was the making it sound like it was a good thing those guys got hurt, which you know. Yeah, always like okay, people. Uh, yeah, I'm iffy. not rooting for injuries. God, I know I'm yeah. a I know I'm a jerk, and I have no heart, but I'm not rooting for injuries. It's just see, just I basketball. I know you, and I know like you wouldn't. It was just the the wording, you know. No, it's it fine. Even my wording. wife was like, nah, that was kind of weird tweet. Yeah, so she's like, you know, you like, you know, you've had, she's like, you're my best friend, I know you, and that was still kind of a weird tweet. I'm like, yeah, whatever, I don't care. Yeah, so this is just payback for all the times you bring up one of my tweets. Like, what the hell were you talking about, right? So well, I was like, oh, hey, this is my opportunity because it made no sense on like all five the, different all the fronts. listeners, all the listeners now tore you <laughs> called you called him out for bad trade offers. Well, so, um, comment now, section: Who are you more mad at, Stephen for his tweet or me for talking about the awful trade machine ideas? Okay, well Let that's me know unfair. In the comment section. This is literally on your channel. This is like, oh, this is the Tory <laughs> Jones Blazer channel. Like, yeah, I'm gonna win that one. Okay. Um, speaking of trades, though, maybe the Blazers have to trade for a backup big, or maybe they don't. I'm gonna go with the latter. They don't yeah. have to. They have the answer. He's mm-hmm. on the Rip City remix. Dwop Reef, Tori, did you see what he did in Game One of the Rip City Remix? Talk about it, bro. Bro, so I was making a tweet about his stat line, like so far during the course of the game, right? And I think at that point he played like 25 minutes, had 33 points, was 13 for 18 from the field, right? While I'm making the tweet, he scores two more buckets in like 40 seconds. I keep having to update the tweet before I can post it. <laughs> His final stat line, 27 minutes, 37 points, 10 rebounds, 15 for 20 from the field. This dude was 5 for 6 from 3. And I know what people say. Oh, it's, it's uh, you know, it's G League. It's G League. It's very far away from the NBA level, right? Look at Scoot. He dominated the G League and, you know, now look at him in the NBA. But what does Portland need right now? They need offense and they need shooting. Desperately. Desperately. In the past, Duop Reith would have made no sense for this Blazer team that was desperate for defense as a backup center, okay? Now, when we're desperate for shooting and desperate for offense, that dude can score the ball at the NBA level. Like, in preseason, he had some impressive scoring performances. He can well, that's shoot. Why he beat out, that's why he beat out Baji, wouldn't yeah. you say? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he can score the ball. Like, defensively, he's going to be bad in the NBA. That's why he's not an NBA player. That's why he's playing for the remixes, because, like, defensively, he's not it. But... We are more desperate for shooting and offense right now, especially with a lot of the guard creation we have out, that having a guy like Duop Reith that can pick and pop, drag the big out of the paint, um, as well as somebody you can give it to on the roll and they can, you know, hit a floater. Like, we saw him pull off a couple of little Euro steps in Summer League in the in preseason. Like, he's not going to go in there and average 20 a game, but to have a guy playing, you know, 15 minutes off the bench when you're basically stuck with either Moses Brown or Jabari Walker as your backup center. Like at this point, I just roll with Duop wreath and hope that his offense can help this team's offense because that's where it needs the help. Yeah. He at least can like, you know, shoot the basketball and make a shot where Moses Brown's just like, Hey, can I get a Duncan? Which is fine. It, you know, it's got, it's, it's got his place in the league, but I mean, I expect one of these guys to be, and that's why they got the remix. You know, yeah. that's why they got the they got it so they can uh, bring a guy up. And I will say this: people don't like it when I say this. Give Jody Allen a little credit. She actually, <laughs> she got this thing going. It wasn't. It was a the, the it, fun fact. Ripsy remix was not supposed to be here in 2023. It's supposed to be 2024, 2025. Jody pushed it through to 2023. 
She spent the extra money. How much extra money is it? No comment. <laughs> what we talking about here? Um, give Jody, hey, give Jody a little credit. I'm just saying she she invested in the remix. That's all I'm saying. Good job, Jody. We are the last Yay. team in the league to have a G League team. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> We've been over for never six years. Money. We finally got a G League team. Yeah, you you've spent the money on one, and you've never spent money to surround the team with any good players. <laughs> but they did the remix. I'm just we'll saying, spend money I, on the G I, League before be, we spend I, money on Dame. Yay! I'm no, I'm no Jody Allen fan. I'm just trying to be fair and give her credit where credit is due, Tori. I mean, I'm being fair. I'm just everything I'm saying is true, you know. So that's true. That's true. You're sp- you're spitting facts. Uh, but yeah, Dwap Reith, I would expect him to be with the Blazers at some point here pretty soon, wouldn't you? Yeah. So their G League game was in LA, and the Blazers play Sunday in LA. The Blazers are in LA right now. Shaden Sharp is at the game. Um, there's yeah, he was. a picture going going around Twitter right now with him with a significant <laughs> other potentially that looked a little annoyed to be there. I don't know. So Twitter's going well, wild you with though, that one. I mean, if you had to go watch the Rip City remix, wouldn't you be annoyed? I mean, if you're going to date an NBA player and you can't sit through a two-hour basketball game, you know what I mean? Like, then don't date an NBA player. You, you date somebody that live literally lives basketball. You kind of got to live basketball a little yourself, and a lot of a lot of people would probably be willing to make that sacrifice if they don't like basketball to sit through a game or two for the other rewards that come with it. I guess Shane Sharp's not dating her because she likes basketball. That's my guess. Probably not. Probably not. Whatever. But the she the question is is she Kylie Jenner and like. You know, the Kylie Jenner effect on Devin Booker seemed to be a real thing. Um, like, does she help Sharp play better, or does she distract him? Like, you know, nah, just kidding. This isn't TMZ. We're not going to get into that. Who who cares? Like, but good well, for Sharp, you, I guess. I mean, what happened when you were playing? When you were when you were talking to a girl, did that make you play better, or did you play worse? I don't know. I was always dating my wife. We were always we were dating, so it's not like I was like. I mean, I was always trying to impress her, but like. I wasn't like trying to impress some baddie in the front row. My worst game my senior year was when we. Played I also said tr- baddie, and I don't really know what it means. So, okay, <laughs> I hope I used it right. I'm an old, I'm an old man with kids, so. <laughs> no, I think no. You used it. You used it just fine. Hell you know? yeah. You know, I I taught you that word before this recording. You did. You said it. So yeah. yeah, but I um my worst game my senior year playing basketball was when we played against a traveling Australian team, and because we were playing an Australian team, like, every girl in the school showed up. So, I guess I play worse. You play worse, huh? So, if Shane Sharp starts struggling, we blame her? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, it's, not, it's, not, no. it's not Chauncey. It's not Chauncey not getting him in the right spots. It's not not having a point guard. It's just it's the girl, right? Yeah. I mean, sometimes you need a little extra motivation. So, you know, <laughs> there, there were times where it probably helped me. But uh, I'm more of the guy where, like, you need to piss me off. Then I'll play better. Yeah. If I'm pissed off, I'll yeah. play much better. So next, you know, if we play one-on-one again, just trash talk me a little bit, Steven. Or I'll just... I'll just invent things in my head that you said to me to piss me off at you so then I'll play good. Like That's what I really should have always been doing is, who did that? Like Kevin Garnett or somebody. There's like some story about an NBA player that just invent things in their head that the opponent team said to him to piss himself Our, off and then he'd KG play KG well. and Paul Pierce would do that. Yeah, so 
Rosillo Rus- had a story about. Um, he was talking to Richard Jefferson, and Richard Jefferson said that mm-hmm. he said that those two dudes were like two of the worst guys ever because they would just start like saying things to themselves and pretend yeah. that that's what people were saying about him. Yeah. Whatever, you know, whatever gets you going. That stuff doesn't get. I kind of love like, it. I I get my own head when people start talking trash. Like I have to stay away usually. Yeah, you and all your rec league fights, you had to retire because of why I retired all the, too, too yeah, many fights problems. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, I'll just, I think we can end it right here. But you know, I'm uh, it's too bad with all the injury stuff. But I'll say the Blazers' defense has been fun. Offense, la, very lacking, but hopefully it gets a little better. Do you think? Um, you think Brogdon? I think Brogdon's probably going to be traded. He's playing too well, right? Like now that Williams, now that Rob Williams is hurt, I think looking forward, like you talk about draft capital, which you know I was kind of saying, it's, I'm fine with keeping Robert Williams, but obviously they need more draft capital. I think with him hurt, doesn't it make it more likely also that Malcolm Brogdon would be moved by the deadline? Yeah, and especially you get Ant Sharp scoot back, like you got guards. It's not like you and need the way a Sharp's playing too, guard. Yeah. Yeah, and also I still think Skylar Mays might be able to be like a lower end backup point in the league. Um, like I still kind of believe in him. And he how about that really step back, game. dude? How about that step back? <laughs> he thought he was Dame, bro. He thought he had that. I, it was in was and out. Dead. I can't even shot, complain dude. about the shot that he shot when it goes in and out like that. You know, it would have been. Imagine we were sitting here talking about Skylar Mays Dame sidestep game winner. Imagine how different the talk about the offense would be right now. We wouldn't be focusing on the way it looks. We'd be just raving about Skylar Mays. And we've all that anybody that's played basketball has had that where they shoot and they're like, that's in. Like he shot mm-hmm. that he thought that was dead in, man. It was a good shot. I, I it was fun. It was funny to watch. But yeah, dude, I was I wasn't ready for the Skyler Bay's like clear out. I mean, it's honestly, uh, we'll talk about we can talk about the offense real quick here again. That play that they ran out of bounds was terrible. It literally just ended up with Skyler Bay's getting the ball with seven seconds. Yeah, it's like, like, you know how I was doing? talking about how it looks the same as when Dame was here. It literally goes down to the last second shot going to the point guard and them shooting a sidestep to the right fadeaway contested three and it being Skylar Mays and not Dame. Like, literally everything looks exactly the same. It's like they tried to set a screen for Jeremy Grant. He, like, cut, didn't get it, and then they just moved out of the way, they threw it to Skylar Mays, and then cleared it out. Have you it's noticed? Like, or, or just get it to Jeremy Grant at that yeah. situation. Like, why is Skylar Mays taking it? Whatever. Have you noticed that a lot of Chauncey sets are, like, one action and that's it? Yeah. It is, and then it turns into just the default pick and roll at the default yep. isolation. Yep. I have noticed that. It's very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Very um, frustrating. Come on, Chauncey. Do better. Do uh, something. Right. <laughs> Do something, man. <laughs> um, Tori, you got anything else to add or anything? Did you guys did a, you did a, what, a live watch party the other day I saw? Yeah, yeah. I need to get thing? you on, on one of those. Well, you know, I, was wa- I watched week. a little bit of you doing it after the yeah. fact because I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. I like that it was just you doing play-by-play. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, I was just play-by-play and reacting like a fan would. You know, it's kind of a little mix <laughs> yeah. of both. So if you don't get look at you trying to be part of the real media, you got to go yeah, into uh, play-by-play. I'm, I'm just trying to do it all. I'm just trying to do yeah, it all. You, <laughs> you guys doing another one this one of these times or what? Yeah. So I wanted to do them every game this year, but I didn't want to run all of them. So like, you know, I'm. We're not doing every single game because we had somebody basically kind of drop out uh, of running it that was doing a podcast with uh, 503 uh, with Noah. So not every game, but like big games, definitely the in-season tournament game we will 
um, against the Jazz on on Tuesday. So, uh, yeah, it's fun. It's like it's kind of different. It's just hard to do that for like two and a half hours in a postgame show for an hour and a half. That's like four hours straight on air, no breaks. It's definitely uh, definitely tough, but I've built up an endurance for it, you know, like... Yeah, what do you do? What do you do when you guys stream for like eight hours? Do you go to the bathroom and stuff on the stream? Yeah, occasionally, but that's a lot of sitting around, so it's not like, it's not like I'm constantly talking. And this year, I definitely want to you know, have more people on so I don't have to carry the stream so much, you know, and it's a lot sitting around waiting for trades, like the trade deadline streams, draft streams, free agency stuff, so. I guess we could have we could have wrapped it up. This is uh, what me and Tori do before and after the podcast inside yeah. in, inside the Honestly, podcast here. <laughs> there's times where we've talked before a podcast and it's like, dang, I kind of wish I just started recording and just throw it in and like, that's our intro. <laughs> yeah, basically I just ask what he does on YouTube and how he does it. That's about it. Um, all right, well, you got anything else to add then, Tori? You guys do anything special with Blazers Uprise or anything? Not really. You know, we got games coming up starting Sunday. We got like three games in four days. So live watch parties, post game shows, all the normal stuff. Uh, started our Mojo sponsorship, so that's pretty fun. We'll have more information on that. I'm giving away a signed Anthony Simons jersey. Where's it? It's right here. Signed Anthony Simons jersey. Am so I eligible to win? If you uh, sign up with my Mojo link and enter a paid contest, you are. We would be hilarious if you won it. <laughs> You know what? I'm gonna let someone else win it. I, you know what? I don't want to take it away from a true Ant fan. Although my son, eh. his his favorite player is Anthony Simons. For you should words. you should still use my you should still use my because oh, it's good will. for me. And Mojo Mojo is pretty cool. But uh, yeah, I'll tell him if Stephen Vaughn wins, he doesn't, re, he doesn't redraw want it. it. It's a redraw. Yeah, yeah sounds good. <laughs> Good man, that's that's cool, man. Yeah, sign up for uh, sign up there. Help Tori out a little bit. I guess this could have been another question off the air, though. Real quick, are you when are you going to start uh, doing stuff with uh, Symphony of the Game? Is that coming up soon or not? Yeah, I think I'm going to announce it tomorrow, next day. Not sure, so we'll All see. Right, well, yeah, stay tuned for that. Uh, me and Tori. Yeah, everything's been sent to me, so yeah, there's some stuff coming up with that. Steven's going to be my coworker. I'm going to drive him crazy. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, Satori will be uh, a part of big media here pretty, pretty soon. He'll have the announcer for that. Uh, so he's got some good things coming up. Of course, uh, you can hear me, 750 the game, 3 to 6 on the Bald Face Truth with JC. I'm hosted on Tuesday, um, co hosted with Judah on Tuesday. So uh, if anyone wants to talk about some Blazers, call in 503 417 7575. You can call in. Get a, we'll get you on. We can talk some Blazers. Um, so that'd be cool. Uh, but all right. Yeah. So for myself, Stephen Vaughn, that's Tori Jones. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, do all you do. And come on, Blazers, do something. <laughs>